Hawks Nation, what is going on? Welcome to another episode of the Hawks Fan TV Podcast. I am your host, Mac. And I am your co-host, Derek Freeze. What is up, Hawk Nation? Happy to be back here for, you know, season two of the of the podcast. And we'll get right into the season preview. So happy to be back. So happy to have you back, my man. I, I'm thrilled about this. Like I said on the last episode, guys, thrilled about this season for not only the Hawks, but Hawks Fan TV and this podcast and everything. I'm just so excited. You know, last week we did the media day recap, which was an incredible experience. Now, as I promised last week, we are going to do the the season preview episode. Um, and just to give you a quick little schedule of what we'll be doing, we'll be predicting our team MVP, our team most improved player, our team rookie of the year. We're going to predict the uh, team overall record. We're going to analyze that in-season tournament because that's something new for the NBA. And honestly, I think the Hawks got a good chance to win our bracket. Um, we're also going to pick a few marquee games throughout the season that we're going to, you know, analyze and, and kind of, you know, predict how what what emphasis could be on those games at that point in the season. And lastly, to wrap it up with something fun, we are going to try and predict an off-the-court story for the Hawks, whether that is another hot story about Trey Young missing a practice or who knows, maybe a uh, rookie finding one of Atlanta's, you know, landmarks and having a good time. So we, uh, we'll, we'll, we'll see all about that, and I'm just so ready to get into it. Um, so, Derek, I'll go ahead and let you start, my man. Who is going to be your team MVP for the season? Like – I know it's so probably obvious just to say, hey, Trey Young. I mean, he is the best player on the team. But the guy also two years ago liked the league in points and assists and about did it again last year. And we were a play-in team both times. So my team MVP is going to be none other than a jersey I'm wearing, Mr. Bogey Bondanovich himself. And the reason for it is simple. Like last year when he signed that that contract extension, I know a lot of people were kind of scratching their heads like, hey, we got A.J. Griffin and showed a lot of promise. Why, why are y'all doing this? I think when Quinn got in last year, like he looked around, he saw Bogey, and he was like, this guy is a must. And this is also the first time in two years he is healthy entering in the season. This man has shot 40% from three his entire time throughout Atlanta. And then last year, after missing 25 games prior to the All-Star break, he finally got healthy, came back, he finished the year playing 20 of the last 23 games, and he only put up in that time uh, 45% three, three, he shot 45% from three on 5.9 attempts per game. He was shooting 49% from the field. The man, he if he's healthy and he plays like he did the end of last year, and that he did the FIBA World Cup. We're talking about a six-man-of-the-year candidate. And if that does happen, if Bogey does stay healthy, yes, he might not have the same – he might not be as fast as he was, you know, back in our run to the Eastern Conference Finals for defensive purposes. But his leadership, like even – like he even said at media days, like he went to Quinn, how can I be a better leader? I think if he hits on all cylinders this year – that right there will be the reason enough to make him the team MVP. I love it, man. I love it. No, and I mean you're exactly right. His play over the the over the World Cup and um, him now being fully healthy, hopefully for the entire season. Obviously, I'm ex- I'm incredibly excited to see what Bogey does, man. I'm a huge Bogey guy myself. Uh, but I actually went a different direction for team MVP. Uh, for my choice, I chose Mr. Dejounte Murray. 
Um, and I chose him for a few different reasons. Uh, the first being that uh, I guess it doesn't necessarily apply to <laughs> what I'm predicting his play, but if the Hawks are going to be a top four seed, I think DeJounte Murray has to be our team MVP. Because Trey Young is going to do what Trey Young is going to do, man. Like you said, the, the guy led the league in points and assists basically two years in a row. Like he's going to get his buckets, he's going to get his assists. I'm not worried about Trey at this point. He, he's a proven product. Uh, but for us to be an actual championship contending team, we can't just have one superstar that are, is surrounded by a bunch of guys that, you know, will occasionally have a game where they play really well, right? Um, so DeJounte Murray is obviously a guy that was an all-star previously in San Antonio. So he's got what it takes to be, you know, a top, you know, 20 player in a given season in this league, right? Top 25 player, um, you know, so... With that being said, Jante was in the, the gym what seemed like every single day this summer. You know, if you followed him on Instagram, his stories were constantly of him in the gym working. I remember there were a few times that he posted time stamping it be like past midnight. You know, I think one was even at like one o'clock in the morning. He's in the gym. Um, so I know he's working, you know, uh, working his tail off this offseason. I'm, I'm excited to see that pay off for him. You know, he also signed that contract. He's making a home in Atlanta. That's actually one of the questions that I asked him at media day was about, you know, what, how do you feel about Atlanta being your home and all that? And, and, you know, he said he fits right in with the culture and what the city's about and all of that. And because of that, I, I think he's just going to be that much more comfortable outside of the facility, if that makes any sense. And that matters. These guys are human beings. They're not robots. Um, and also, just like you said, you know, the first year fully being in Quinn's system, a system that emphasizes ball movement and three point shooting, something that, I don't think DeJounte's ever been, you know, the sharp shooter of a player, but um, he's got a smooth, a smooth stroke from three, man. And if he can get hot, we saw it last year a few times, you know, he could he could hit four or five threes in a game and it'd be this, you know, turning point for us offensively. So um, DeJounte Murray is somebody that I do predict is going to be our team, team MVP. But as I kind of started this and I'll end it on this as well, I, I do think he needs to be our team, team MVP. Um so, yeah, so we'll move on to the next uh, category, the next award, if you will, and that is going to be the team most improved. Um, mine is somebody that, uh, to be completely honest, I I don't think this matters whether or not he ends up being a starter for, for me to still consider him into being the most improved, and that's actually Sadiq Bey. I'm, I'm guessing most people thought I was going to say Jalen Johnson and just, just wait on that one. Uh, but no, Sadiq, man, again, uh, just like I said with DeJounte, being in Quinn's system for a full year, I think he may be the guy that honestly benefits from it the most uh, because that ball movement, and he's just going to be able to hit those spot-up threes that, that he is so good at. Like, that is that is why Sadiq Bey is in the NBA. I know he can do more things. I understand that. But each guy, for the most part, unless you're this five-tool player, you know, you're going to have one thing that you're special at, and that's what he's special at, man. So I, I, I could see him – whether it's being a starter or coming off the bench later in the season, um, you know, hitting again four, five, six threes a game for us and averaging, you know, maybe 15 points a game, if not more, uh, in this system that just is just so, you know, about the offensive attack, especially behind the perimeter. So I think Sadiq Bey will benefit the most from this system. And because of that, he is my most improved. So, Mr. Freeze, um, I'm excited to hear what you have for your most improved for, for this season. No, I love that one. I mean, of course, the best one would be DeAndre Hunter, like lived up to his contract, but 
Dude, after his media day questions, I don't know. I don't know if he's going to be an Atlanta Hawk by the end of the year. So we'll we'll see what happens with that. <laughs> so even Brad Roland like talked about you asking that question and talked about how awkward he got afterwards. He's like, I know like he's the most soft, like not the you know he's a pretty soft spoken guy. I don't know if that was a sarcasm, but yeah, it was it was awkward. Like it was awkward. he said it on his podcast. He goes, it was it was awkward. <laughs> but for me, I'm going with a third year player. Um, I'm going with Jalen Johnson. You know, we're both kind of in the same the, the same mind space of like, hey, Jadon Collins is not here. Someone's got to step up. You know, Jalen Johnson didn't play much his first year. Last year, he played 70 games. He was averaging right under 15 minutes per game, 5.6 points per game, four rebounds, 1.2 assists. He was shooting right under 50% from the field. Uh, but he was only getting to the line about 1.1 times per game and shooting only like under 63%. But the biggest turning point to me was when Quinn got here. Quinn wasn't even running his system last year. That's something I forgot to say with Bogey. Like he just came in and he was trying to just kind of do it on the fly with what they already had. But for Jalen, Nate just did not know how to work with him. I mean, Jalen did a good job at media day of not throwing Nate and company under the bus. But you could just see it once Quinn got there, stuff started clicking with him. Like, did he still get lost defensively at times? Yes, but he looked a little bit more confident out there. And that's where I think really Quinn's going to be able to unlock this guy. He is special. He is six foot eight, 225. He's an athletic freak. People have said he's kind of like a wish.com LeBron because of his size and athleticism. And funny enough, who did he work out with over the summer? LeBron James, and they see the story that I forgot what her name is. I wrote for the AJC when he just talks about breaking down all that, like all that LeBron was telling him and how the attention to details and just how him and all the other guys, not just DeAndre Murray, but they've been in Atlanta. They've been practicing, you know, quote unquote practicing. They can't call it practicing, you know, before the season starts. But I feel like this guy, Quinn's going to unlock him. I think that one, he could start at the four. I mean, he can. we got a lot of guys that can play the three or four. I think Bay might actually get the nod up front unless Quinn just values what Jalen can do in the pick and roll. I do think that, you know, he has been working on his threes and his free, free throw shooting. He talked about wanting to keep his balance more while shooting. Um, I think that it's all going to pay dividends because also in Quinn's system, we're going to run the run the ball more. Jalen's not that good in half-court offense, but he excels in transition. We might even get to see a little point Jalen at times because he does have some ball handling skills. And when he puts his head down and gets to the rack, that's another thing I think is going to go up this year. Quinn's going to basically get him like, get to the basket, get fouled, get to the line. And if he's been working on his free throws and three-point shooting, I think this is all going to lead to a huge season for Jalen Johnson. I think Quinn's finally going to lock this athletic freak for us. And I, that's why I have Jalen Johnson as my most improved player for the Hawks this season. Love it, man. I love it. Yeah, no, we're bo- both in the the same boat of the four is going to be the most improved. So I'm excited to see it. No, I guess that's uh, not not a slight at John Collins. We were just saying the four should be the most improved. Um, so, yeah, moving on, uh, the next one would be Rookie of the Year. So before we do this one, Derek and I were talking off air and realized that we should probably – give a little bit of clarity to this, this question, because obviously rookie of the year, um, if you were basing it on their NBA stats this year, would probably have to go to Kobe because he probably will be the only one that gets any substantial amount of minutes um, with 
Seth and Muhammad most likely filling in here and there when there's injuries or, you know, I mean, thank God COVID won't happen anymore. But if there's anything comparable to something like that, you know, that's when they'll fill in, right? Um, so rookie of the year is going to cover all three of our rookies. I know two of them will most likely be in the G League for the most part. So if we're basing it off stats, we'll definitely have to, um, you know, have their, their stats will have to be inflated a little bit because they're in the G League. Uh, but with all that being said, my rookie of the year is actually going to be Muhammad Gay. Um, I think this guy, uh, you know, could very well not end up making very much of an impact this year, right? I, I truly don't think he's going to make a huge impact unless we have some sort of injury that is probably catastrophic at the moment. But if he ends up being this amazing player that a lot of us think he can be, maybe it won't be as much. But, you know, I have to admit, if he's seeing significant playing time at any point in the season, something bad has probably <laughs> Not probably. Something bad has, ha- has happened. <laughs> so I, I don't, I don't want to see him on an NBA court too, too much this season. But, you know, it's hard to not pick this guy when you have Trey Young literally saying about him, Mo, one of our rookies. I mean, a lot of people may not know who he is, but he's going to be someone who a lot of people will know moving forward. Like, I mean – Come on, you know, and, and me, you and I were saying that and we weren't alone. There were other people in Hawks Nation saying things like this. But during the summer when we, were, when we drafted him and watching all this tape and then the summer league, we, we were saying, oh, my gosh, this is the, the most exciting rookie we have. Like, I mean, Kobe could be a stud, but man, like Muhammad could end up being this like steal of the draft even. Um, so to get that kind of praise from Trey Young, uh, you know, I know Trey Young isn't the ultimate talent evaluator uh, in the NBA. <laughs> I'm not saying he is. But, you know, he obviously knows what it looks like. And um, I don't know, man, it it makes me excited. So because of that, I don't see Muhammad having many stats in the NBA. I see him honestly probably destroying it in the G League. But I will say, I do think um, the first month or two of the season, even in the G League, he probably will have some hiccups or probably a little bit of a learning process. Even the G League is much faster of a pace of a game than it is in, in college, right? So He's gonna. He probably will have a little bit of a learning curve, but his just natural ability and his fluidity. He's just so fluid on the court, right? Um, you know, like <laughs> he's fluid, but he's also got this random power out of nowhere. If you guys remember, summer league, he, he tried to dunk on some rankings. He tried to dunk on. Him. Oh my god! It was. It was. He's a got some springs. Yeah, he's got some springs. So this guy could honestly really end up being a huge stud for us. So because of that, I'm giving him my rookie of the year. But I guess I should clarify, I don't think he'll make much of an impact this year. So I will I will uh, let you let you uh, fill us in on your choice now. Well, no, like you said, like, you know, with this team, like we are a younger team, but we're not need to play in these rookies unless something happens. So um, that's why we made a point to conceptualize. Part of me did want to say Kobe Bufkin because I know they're going to send him down to the Skyhawks and really have him work at the point, you know, playing the point. You know, something they didn't really do at Michigan. We saw it this summer, but you get him outside of his comfort zone a little bit. Um, but I'm with you. Muhammad Gay, to me, is going to be the rookie of the year. The, all the intangibles, just like the guys, like we, I know I reiterated this before, he's only been playing like basketball since he was 16 years old. And every year he's gotten better and better. At Wazoo even, Washington State, you know, he got immensely better from – First year, second year. Yes, I know this is different. Even the G League, like you said, is different. 
but that kind of work ethic and that ability to take on like, you know, a, you know, the, the ability to learn this game, being with Quinn Snyder in the system, having a Clint Capella that you can look up to now, Muhammad is definitely going to be a better offensive player than Clint, but I just looking at this guy in two, you saw it immediately in the summer league, his blocks went up per game. I know it's a lot, a real small sample size as compared to what he did in college. But remember if, if y'all remember what I said over the summer when we was talking about him, uh, dude that follows Washington State, you know, he's an NBA insider, but he's a Washington State fan. He basically said last year they were decimated by injuries at the bigs. They told Muhammad Gay, you get the two fouls, you just let people go. So it's going to be, to me, I think he's going to really pop on the defensive stats from last year to this year. I think that he's going to continue to grow. And at, the, at this point, what we need from these rookies – is for them to grow and to be ready in the future. Barring industry injuries, we shouldn't be <laughs> we shouldn't be wanting to see them too much in the NBA right off the rip. So for that reason, Muhammad Gay is also mine. We agree, Matt. <laughs> we, we we agree on something, Derek. Isn't it great? Um, so moving on to our next one, we actually we we compared notes before, guys, off air, and we we promised we did not do this one on purpose. It's not the exact same, but but we, again, basically agree on something here. That's predicting the overall record for the team, and I have it at 45 and 37. So at 45 and 37, I do feel like that puts us safely in the four uh, seed range, maybe fifth, depending on, you know, some random, you know, team that, like the Bulls a few years ago that ended up being like a top four or five seed when nobody really predicted them to be that, that high preseason, right? Like there, there could end up being a team like that. Um, but I will say the the top two seeds are more than likely going to be locked up by Milwaukee and Boston. I do think we could end up being a three seed, which could be, you know, as many as 50 wins, maybe 51 um, as, as a three seed uh, above a Cleveland. Uh, but again, I do think Cleveland just for whatever reason, you know, we have our struggles at times in the regular season. So I, I try to remember to, you know, be logical and rational and reasonable with this prediction. So 45 and 37, I do feel pretty safe at. Again, I have this in about the four or five seed range. Um, but again, you know, it, give or take five games, I could easily see that happening. So, um, but Derek, I'll let you share yours now. And it's, uh, as I mentioned, uh, a little close. <laughs> yeah, it, it was funny. I actually went 46 and 36 with the Hawks finishing fourth in the East. And I know it's just easy to say, oh, you two homers. Like, you know, we didn't put them first or second. And my, my thought process is this. Quinn came in last year. He didn't implement the system. This is the first time we're actually getting to see it. You saw more buy-in from players last year. Even Trey Young was playing defense last year. Never forget that game against Gordon, Golden State at home where he steals the ball at the end to seal the, the victory. Like, he's getting buy-in from the players. To hear that the players are, before they're even supposed to show up for training camp, they're all coming. They're all here in Atlanta. They're playing. The coaches are watching. But, you know, NBA rules, they can't coach. But to hear that kind of stuff, I, I think that's the biggest X factor. Quinn is a very high basket, basketball IQ. He is a pick and roll savant. And just to see, like even last year when Quinn first got there, you could see like there was a picture of him, Kyle, and Trey. Quinn, Kyle, and Trey sitting there at practice. And you could just tell like Trace is taking it all in. Um, I do think that, you know, 
that combined with the fact that, yes, Boston and Milwaukee should be two of the top teams in the East, hands down. I, I do still have Cleveland at number three. I mean, I do think they added well to their team. But for the other teams that are kind of vying for the same position as we are, Philadelphia, the 76ers, that team's in turmoil right now. Like that, if you don't think that that, that off-court stuff's going to translate to on-court problems, I maybe I'm wrong, but I just don't see how it doesn't. The Knicks, it's a Tom Thibodeau team. You know they're going to play good defense, but last year they got super lucky. In fact, they were in terms of in, in terms of injuries. There was only one other team in the league that actually had lost fewer games to injuries or COVID or illness or anything than the Knicks, and it was the Sacramento Kings. You know, the Heat, they missed out on everything this summer. They missed out on Dane. They missed out on Holiday. Then they watched Struess and Gabe Vincent walk away in free agency, two guys that were instrumental to that run. Now, I'm not saying that you want to catch Miami in the playoffs by any means. I think regular season, they shouldn't be right up there with us. I do think that, you know, in the past, the last two years, we've been around 500, and it's because the Hawks have played down to their competition. How many times have we seen the Phoenix Suns were on, what, a 19-game win streak at that time when we beat them? We'll beat the Bucks, but then we'll lose to Detroit. Like, the inconsistency um, and, and offense, defense, especially, I mean, defense, a lot of times, I mean, we were, like, ranked 25th last year. The difference between 25th and 15th is just a lot of times is want and stuff. And I think Quinn's going to be able to lock that, get us better defensively. And then offensively, what really kind of bothered bothered me about the Hawks under Nate is too often we would get late in the, the clock, you know, the shot clock. We have like seven seconds left and it was this ISO hero ball. I do think having this system, being able to have a, a guy that's a tactician of offensive basketball, I do think that's going to cause us to get up there to that or hit our goal. What Deontay Murray said at media day, play-in is unacceptable with this team. They won the top four seed. I love the buy-in. I hope I'm I'm right, Um, of course. But I just – I got a good feel for this team. And uh, normally, you know, I'm a lifelong Atlanta sports sufferer. There's always a bit of optimism at the beginning of the season – but something just feels different with this team. Uh, I hope that they back up all the show is talking. We'll see, man. It's uh it's 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 right around the corner. So we'll we'll see. Um so so yeah, those are those are our predictions. As I said, they were pretty close, but again, I I don't think we uh are too crazy in those. I, I think those are probably relatively safe predictions. Um, but moving on to the next thing, we're going to kind of break down real quick. We'll do, we'll do this one pretty quickly because I'll be honest, you know, I think we'll be able to provide a better breakdown or preview, if you will, next year because we really don't know how this is going to look, and that's the in-season tournament. And, um, you know, I'll be honest with who the Hawks ended up getting with the 76ers uh, being, you know, by the the terms of record and seeding one up. It's supposed to be the best team in our bracket I agree with you. I think they're I, I wouldn't be surprised if Philly ends up being like the eight seed this year. You know what I mean? Like I I, I think they're gonna have a pretty off year. Um, but we'll see what happens. Um, we also have, I believe it is Indiana, Detroit, and Cleveland. Cleveland is not a team that I'm scared of, man. Uh, you know, when we did the play in tournament a couple of years ago, we had to go up to Cleveland in a in a you know win win or go home scenario, and Trey Young went off and we won. Like I, I'm honestly not scared of him. if Cleveland doesn't have LeBron James, uh, you know, suiting up for him, I'm not scared of him. So 
Um, I, I wouldn't be worried about that. And obviously, Detroit, that's a win. That's a dub. Not even going to worry about it. Indiana probably could end up giving us fits. But again, I don't see them being a top, you know, six seed in the in the East. So I, I, I don't I don't think there'll be much of an issue. So we very well could, you know, end up representing, you know, our little bracket in Vegas and go 4-0 or maybe 3-1. Obviously, if we go 4-0, we'll get in there because, you know, it's round robin. You know, we'd be the only one. Um, but my, my last little analysis on it, I guess, because obviously I don't, you know, I don't want to predict what other teams from the brackets would be in Vegas. If we get there, that obviously would be really cool for us. A cool experience for the guys on the team more exposure as, as just a brand of the Atlanta Hawks. Um, but uh, I got to be honest, I don't I don't know. I know it's early in the season, uh, so I'm probably going to sound like a little bit of an old man here, but I don't know if I do want, like, the extra wear and tear. Um, I know more meaningful basketball is always fun, and I get it's a, a way to try to make the beginning of the season mean a little bit more. Um, but as I kind of prefaced my analysis of this with saying – I could probably provide a better one next year. If this ends up being something that the players take it super serious and these games are like super thrilling and it's like, oh my gosh, that was awesome, man. Um, I could definitely see it being something that, you know, I as a fan look more forward to in in coming seasons. Uh, But I guess last thing I'll say on it is I I truly don't think five years down the road, if we do the in-season tournament every single year, that there will be even a single year that the champion of the in-season tournament is the overall NBA champion at the end of the year. That's just my opinion on it. You know, my, my hot take, if you will, on it, but um, I still think it, it was, you know, a, a good idea nonetheless. No, I mean, I agree. Yeah. I like the idea. I mean, it's similar to what you see in soccer, like the premier league has the FA cup, like yes, the G league's not getting the ball back with that. I mean, anytime you have more meaningful games, it is, you know, I like that. I like when the stakes are raised, but that leads to my question for this thing. Are the players going to buy in and will the fans buy in? If we're getting playoff like atmospheres in November and December, hell yes. Sign me up for that. But if not, then like, yeah, maybe not. But I'm hoping that, you know, you know, Trey did say when they, he was there for the announcement of it, he said, if I remember right, oh, we're going to win that thing. <laughs> um, so I love that from Trey. I hope we come in with that mentality. We did get the easiest draw, I feel, of all the groups, the three groups in the East, because we did, we did, you know, avoid Boston and Milwaukee. Philly is kind of, you know, in turmoil right now. Cleveland, well, I think they are they were last year were like the top defensive team in the league. I wish we'd had Cleveland at home and Philly on the road, but like again, I like you, I don't think this is too daunting. I think that we could, depending on the buy-in from the players, we could go four and oh in this. Obviously, as we get closer, we'll see how the team is playing before we make these things. But um it is important to note that just winning the winning the group is not the only way for you to get into the knockout round there will be there's three groups per conference and there is also a wild card tiebreakers will be handled on head-to-head in group point differential will be second total point score regular season record third and random drawing last so even if the Hawks did drop a game um there's still a chance I believe that they could still make it to the knockout round like I said though I'm gonna hold off judgment on this thing to kind of see how the players and the fans react I mean, it's a fun, yeah, but we'll kind of see how it goes. 
Oh, yeah. No, and I think that's that's the best way to put it. If the players and the fans buy in and it ends up being this really fun atmosphere and crazy games and all that, like you said, it it I, I will end up being a fan of it. But we'll 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 see what happens. We'll see what happens. Um so I guess last thing we're kind of breaking down when it comes to the the uh the games of the season because because like I said, our last thing is the off-court thing. Uh you know, we we both have a, a couple games, a uh, couple marquee matchups, if you will, throughout the season that we view will be very big games for the Hawks and will have a lot of meaning behind them. So the first one I got is actually February 7th at Boston. Um, this one is, if I remember correctly, our second game against Boston in the season. So it's not, not the first time we'll see them, um, but it is right before All-Star break. And as you and I were saying off air, um, or maybe even earlier in this episode, uh, you know, an all-star break in, in the major in major league baseball is like halfway through the season in basketball, not as much, you know. I mean, I want to say it's almost two-thirds of the season, not not a complete two-thirds, but but close to it. Um, and you know, it's there's there, there, there's a there's a big chunk of the season. So point being, going into All Star break, it's it's a good litmus test of like how is your team going to look the the rest of the year, right? Um, so February seventh at Boston, this is a team that beat us in the playoffs last year. Obviously, we we have history with this team, Atlanta and Boston, and you know as as we both are guessing, they should be a top two seed, right? So I do think this is going to be a great opportunity for us to one prove ourselves in the East and prove ourselves that we can go against the top dogs in the East and also a great opportunity for us to potentially, I don't know what could be going on at that point. We It could be that like, no, we're the two seed and they're the three seed, right? So we're just distancing ourselves that much more in the standings, right? Um, my second one is going to be March 21st at Phoenix, right? So this is obviously a little bit later in the season, you know, at this point, there will be less than a month until the playoffs. Um, and, you know, Phoenix is going to be a super team, right? And I would go ahead and bet pretty good money. Um, I know sometimes things get shaken up in the playoffs. But if the Atlanta Hawks are to make the NBA Finals this year, there is a very high chance that the team that we are playing in a seven-game series for an NBA championship is the Phoenix Suns. So, again, I think this is a great opportunity for us to go on the road Prove that, you know, we can, you know, go up against the best. I remember when we won 60 games. That that was also the Warriors' first year of being, like, the Warriors, right? And I remember we went on the road. Uh, uh, I, I think it was later in the season like that. We played the Warriors. I honestly should have looked it up before this episode, but I, I don't remember who won or lost, but it was a tough game. And I remember thinking, like, oh, dude, we'll have a chance if we actually get there. We of course ended up getting swept by LeBron in the Eastern Conference Finals. That's well, NYPD paid a little bit into that with um, exactly. breaking stuff loose his leg. I'm not trying to bring up too much past trauma for Hawks fans. <laughs> um, but point being is, you know, I I I think you know Phoenix could very well be the one seed in the West at that point. At that point, again, who knows? Maybe the Hawks are a top three seed, and we're fighting for you know playoff seeding at that point, home court advantage throughout whatever it may be. Uh, so I, I think that one could be a huge one for us. And last one, real quick, um, I included this one when I was going through my notes because I realized both of the ones that I had were on a road game. So there's got to be at least one marquee matchup at home, right? Um, and that's going to be January 26th versus Dallas. 
This one doesn't really need too much explanation as we all really understand why this is a marquee matchup. But Dallas, again, just like Phoenix, should be a team, should, should, emphasis on should. Um, they should be a very good team in the West, and they should be a top four seed in the West with the two stars that they have. If they can make that work, the Luca and Kyrie are a scary duo. If, if they can make it work, if they can make it work. It did, you know, the sample size we got from last year, I don't know if they will make it work. But, you know, it's it's we'll we'll, we'll see what happens with that. Um, but this is obviously always a huge game. As long as Trey Young and, and Luka Doncic, either one of them are an Atlanta Hawk or a Dallas Maverick, this one is going to be a big game. It's always going to have, you know, little deeper meaning to it, if you will. Um, so that that that's that's my last marquee matchup of the year. And uh, you know, I think if we go three and zero in those games, we probably are a top three seed. I, I I will say that. I mean, I kind of broke the rules a little bit. I went for actually two different sets of games that are played, not back to back, but they're played one after one after each other, and they're both at different ends of the the season. The first two ones is game two and game three. Game two, we host the Knicks at home. That's always a fun time for all the New Yorkers that realize that, you know, it's better in Atlanta and they move down here. They like to show up. It's always a fun atmosphere. But it would be great to see exactly where we are implementing Quinn's system against a tough defensive team that's been together in Tom Thibodeau's Knicks. Um, and then two days later, we travel up to Milwaukee to play the Bucks. The AJ, the, the, well, AJ Griffin Bowl, the Griffin Bowl. Father versus son, this time as a head coach. You know, Mac asked, you know, AJ, great question at media day. Got him laughing. He was looking forward to it. You can tell he's got a little juice about it when he talked about that. He's 2-1 and one against his dad so far. And it's going to be one of the best teams in the East. They disassembled a big three, getting Damian Lillard to go, Damian Lillard to go along with Chris Middleton and Giannis. It's going to be interesting to see how we both match up, both implementing new coaches and new systems. And, well, we're not really having too many new players, but it's going to be interesting there. And then later on in the season, like I kind of talked about how inconsistent the Hawks have been in the regular season the past couple of years. One thing that has been consistent for the last three years, the Hawks have turned it on after the All-Star break. So my two games back-to-back is going to be home of Boston and Milwaukee. This is going to be on March 28th and March 30th. And what I love about this is this is going to be coming into that time of year where everyone's going to be vying for seats. This is for playoff seating. This is where your team should be, you know, operating at its peak, its peak performance. And I want to see us mono and mono against the two supposed top teams in the East. See where we stack up because you can't make it to the NBA Finals to play the Phoenix Suns if you don't get out the East. And to get out the East, we'll probably have to take down one or two. So I want to see where we kind of stack up heading into that final kind of stretch there. And these are games that I'm really excited for. Those are great, especially those last two, man. Like you said, those are going to be huge games, man. So, um, no, I, it's, it's going to be a fun season, hopefully an all-time season for the Atlanta Hawks. Um, but and I will be oh. – No, go ahead. Sorry. I said, and – your boy's got to be watching off in the six-man section again. I got my tryouts yes, tomorrow sir. night. Yes, sir. My wife is actually joining me this year in it, too. Hell yeah. Hell yeah. So, um, 
Um, so yeah, so like I said, we'll, we'll wrap it up on the, uh, something a little fun. We'll try and, we'll try and be quick here. We're running out a little, a little time. Um, so that's going to be trying to get an off court moment for the Hawks. Like I said, whether that's, you know, maybe some drama, which I don't think that'll happen this year under Quinn or something else. Right. So mine is actually going to be, uh, so I noticed on media day, uh, big O and and Jalen Johnson are actually really good friends. So I think they're going to start a new podcast together and it's going to be called your morning OJ. And it's going to, uh, it's going to be spelled (laughs) O-O-J-J, but it's pronounced OJ, right? You know, double O, double J. So um, that's my guess. I don't know what the hell they're going to talk about. They're going to to start one because everybody starts one at this point. I mean, look at us. Um, so <laughs> case in point, <laughs> my prediction. Um, and if they do do that, I will definitely be a avid listener. So, um, yeah, that's my, that's my off the court prediction. Well, after last night, I used to always joke that I don't know why Anyeka wore 17 when he could have been 007, but, uh, after him hitting that three, maybe it needs to be 003, but my fun kind of thing, who's going to take Muhammad Gay to Magic City? <laughs> <laughs> that happened. I, Hopefully, I don't happens. know why. I don't know why, but that just is it's a funny thought to me. So, uh. oh yeah, oh yeah, no, it's uh, it's 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 bound to happen at some point. You know what? Maybe it's already happened. Who knows? Uh, who knows? But John's not on the team anymore. So, um, hey, Lemon Pepper Lou is still around Atlanta. I'm sure okay. he still got. I'm sure he still has access to the. <laughs> to the stadium oh yeah oh yeah um well yeah guys uh like i said we'll, we'll wrap it up on that one um you know i think it's going to be a great season for the hawks but you know that is that is yet to be determined um so yeah so uh definitely be looking out for more episodes obviously we got a couple more episodes that we'll do before the season actually starts and then once the season starts we'll just be doing like it was last year where it'll kind of just be weekly recaps whatever happened that week in news and obviously in, in games and results and, and all that good stuff. So, um, so yeah, guys, just be looking out uh, for, for more for more Hawks Fan TV. Uh, you know, you can always check out all of our content at HawksFanTV.com. That's where you'll find our articles and, and other cool content. Be sure to give us a follow on Twitter slash X and Instagram at HawksFanTV. And as always, guys, thank you for some support. Thank you, guys. Until next week. Go Hawks, baby. Go Hawks. Oh, oh, oh. Ah. <laughs>